This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem is over, but here on Post Show Recaps Theater, we are just getting started. My name is Ariel. I am the fifth Ninja Turtle, and I'm joined by the sixth Ninja Turtle. It's Grace. What's up, Grace? I love pizza and ninjaing and my dad Splinter. <laughs> you passed. <laughs> Those are the only things. That's all you need to do. As long as you're wearing like your little uh, eye mask. Yeah. What color? Raphael, like a dome mask. Yeah. Uh, you're in the club, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, great. I'll wear a pink Turtle. one, I think. Do we have to split the pizza. I don't want pepperoni. I'm just. Oh. You don't like pepperoni? It's, it's a lot. It's like good, but then it's like it's too much now. Like it's just very rich. Mm. <laughs> I love pepperoni. I love like a cheesy pepperoni pizza. Mm-hmm. That sounds anyway. delicious. Yeah. After like four you, bites i'm like i'm done with this do you know the pizza that i'm sorry to go on a tangent so quickly but do you know the tv or the pizza that kevin McAllister eats in home alone 2 uh, uh lost in new york city when he's in the when he's in the limo and he eats like mm-hmm. a full-on cheese pizza that's it's the fake. pizza i want every time i order a pizza oh nice like that experience no like, i want it to be man. that cheesy and that right, right. just good yeah. the cheese level mm. yeah you want like the montage music i appreciate that yeah, uh, I don't want to meet Donald Trump, but <laughs> in the lobby. <laughs> yeah, I would have I would have jumped into the bathroom. Um, I, we are here. Believe it or not, though, we are here to talk about this movie. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles colon Mutant Mayhem, a movie that's getting a lot of good buzz. I mean, that was the only movie that is the only reason that I had kind of heard of it was people were talking about how good it was. And it's animated unlike uh something more recent this whole michael bay thing that we'll talk about is something that i literally forgot i love that you blocked this out of your mouth i just completely like i'm not a completionist certainly about this a lot of things i am how many did he do how many did you do you think he did michael bay Bay? oh god i mean can't have done more than two yeah if there was more okay jesus I did look up a picture. I'm like, I vaguely remember <laughs> feeling disgusted by this. <laughs> yeah. They're weird. I don't like the look of the Ninja Turtles from. Is the rest of it live today. action and just they're not? Or the whole thing was weird like that? Yeah. It no, there's. There it is. I believe it's live action except for the Ninja Turtles who are okay. like weirdly visually CGI'd. Offensive yeah. is the word you're looking for. Yeah. But this movie is not offensive. 
uh, all animated, like I said, came out on. I saw the they did like some some early preview screenings mm. the the week before, which were fun because people were really into it. I think you those things you get a little bit more of like uh, for something like this that has such a a long runway before it as far as the fandom yeah people are really looking forward to it and they're excited and there's like a buzz in the crowd it's it's really really fun uh speaking of fun it would be really fun if you subscribed to the podcast feed poetrykiss.com slash movies for your url podcast catcher needs grace were you always a teenage mutant ninja turtle Oh, or well, what's your story? <laughs> well, they were going to say fan. And so <laughs> then I realized I'm going to have to lie and say, I've, no, I've never been a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, despite us saying I'm the sixth one. Mm-hmm. But no, I am a I am a big Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know, actually, the biggest Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan I know, other than Josiah from the Discord, is probably my brother. My brother loved the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. growing up. I have a special fondness for them. I love the 90s movies so much Mm -hmm. i cannot explain how much i love it i love how like that style of like how are we going to make the ninja turtles a live action movie in the 90s let's make big old puppet costumes i i love it so much genius genius (laughs) oh i love those movies so much um my when i um moved into an apartment in university with some two friends i knew from camp and one friend who had already lived in the apartment uh in the house actually so it was four of us at the time i was identifying as as a male and um uh, our friend dylan uh who i didn't know as well but he lived in the basement and my friend dylan is my favorite one of my favorite human beings in the world because he's this big jacked dude who like only ever eats like chicken stir fry like every day for dinner eats the same thing to, and and goes and works out like a million times per day He's and then like hey, turtle <laughs> yeah he lived in the basement yeah so true and then i'd be like uh dylan what are you doing today he's like god i think i'm gonna rearrange my action figures you go in his room and he's like big comic book action figure fan and he'd be like mm setting up different scenes of like today batman's fighting bane actually and the joker's over there fighting superman or whatever and uh and he got us all mute teenage mutant ninja turtle action figures because there was four of us who lived in the house and we all got an action figure right i I still have it uh if i ever do video do you want to guess which uh Uh, ninja turtle i was represented by you were okay i'm trying to think of like what somebody else's idea of you and 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 this was like years ago right yeah this would have been like yeah 20 like maybe 2015 20 yeah uh, okay so yeah like i years i mean silly camp grace definitely not definitely not Raphael. i think i can do process definitely not Raphael. Either Donatello or Michelangelo. I am a Michelangelo. Yeah, I yeah. got my yellow, I got my orange bro, sorry, up on yeah. the shelf above me. So, yeah, Michelangelo. Uh, there's someone who's much smarter in our friend group who uh, gets to be the Donatello, I think. Yeah, yeah. The, so, the, the, yeah. The quote unquote nerd. That's right. Yeah. Love that. He's an engineer now. He's like, yeah, so. Classic Donatello move. <laughs> and I'm Michelangelo. Yeah. Still eating pizza. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this similarly. The 90s, especially the first one, the 90s movies, mm-hmm. plural, just means so much to me. I've seen them so many times. I had the joy and pleasure of seeing the first one in theaters recently, again, because Alamo did, you know, one of those like random re-releases, obviously timed to the release of this movie. And I really just, I'm always struck by, in my more adult viewings now of that move, that first movie, how 
emotional it actually is. And yes. I think that move, this movie, to its credit, has some of that. And I think certain. my guess would be, if I had to take a wild guess that I'd probably put a lot of money on, the Michael Bay versions did not have that. But no. uh, that's something that I that I look to kind of obviously the comedy and they're silly and their their camaraderie and their I almost said friendship their brotherhood right they're mm. literally brothers um it's all really important and uh the spirit the spirit of these of this franchise lives on you know lots of cartoons and obviously movies movie iterations that I've blocked out but this one you I just started hearing I think we all did at some point you just started hearing like really wonderful things how did you feel about the movie when you were done when you came out of the oh. sewers <laughs> okay i do have to admit that i did see a very light screening of the movie that i definitely do think impacts a little bit of my incriminate yourself score. <laughs> i think i think also i did not fall asleep but it was late and i think the other thing is that this movie so it it was coming out and i was kind of like Okay, like sure. Um, you know, uh directed by Jeff Rowe, uh, who I don't I don't think has really done anything else. I think this is like his 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 thing, but um oh he was a co-director and writer on Mitchell's versus the machine, which actually does make a lot of uh sense. And Seth Rogan was the other person who um had a big hand in that. I kept seeing a trailer, I think this is very funny, where Seth Rogan is being interviewed about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, yeah, I always loved uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And then like they were like, hey, do you want to write a Teenage Mutant? Do you have any ideas? He was like, Yeah, I guess I have an idea. And I think that that's a very funny way for a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie to get made is to go ask Seth Rogan if he has any ideas about how to they clearly like in the any in the any ideas any in the era of ip you know it's like you got anything you want to do anything and he's like yeah i do and i really did enjoy the movie but i i think for me it's like exactly what i thought it was going to be pre at getting hyped up and so then the hype for me i definitely felt it in the theater i was like mm -hmm. is this as good as everybody like is, is it like are we gonna get there and i was like yeah it definitely is fun and and funny and the and the references I do feel like are definitely written for for me. I've seen some people be like, "Uh, how come it's a kids movie?" The same that millennials are, uh, millennials, uh, millennials are Gen X. Millennials, like, that's what I'm calling. Millennial. <laughs> Who's Joe? This movie was made for one person, and his Joe name is Joe Lennial. Lennial. <laughs> Um, and I'm like, who cares who it was made for? If you're sitting in the theater, like, and for me, I was like feeling that, like, like just like a joke about Chris Evan cardboard cutouts. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think this is like super like kid movie, but like who can who can who cares who it's for, you know, to a degree. I feel that is what I feel like. Like, it, I don't think it was like advertised in such a way to be like every kid needs it. I know lots of people took their kids to go see it. I know I have one person I know personally who like his kid was like, Oh, that was awesome. Can I like get all the Ninja Turtle toys from the store? So I'm like, okay. So it like also worked, but I just, I, I think the movie for me was like, good and i don't know if it need, needed to be better than 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 that for me but i feel like now i'm being a downer because i'm not like that was the best so i don't know what would michelangelo say about that about that about that, about that very leonardo energy for you no i'm kidding uh yeah. i i had a lot of fun with it i think the not not that my expectations were low because to your point i think when we get into this 
you know, cycle of the hype meter and you're like, okay, did I catch it early enough that it didn't affect my, my, uh, you know, experience of watching the movie. It's a little, you know, we do ourselves a disservice sometimes when we can turn, turn our brains off. We kind of discussed that across multiple pods in different ways. The one for me right now is like, when I go to log it and I look at the letterbox score and I'm like, Oh, Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, yeah, yeah, I think I I like it less than that. I want to want to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this movie, it, it just made me laugh so much, like big, hearty, stupid laughter. Like when I am worried that I'm laughing too much mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. too loud for other people's enjoyment. To be clear, I get over that very quickly because I, we have to move on with the movie. But that like just cackling and very stupid. Uh, and I mean this lovingly stupid, silly humor. There's one recurring really bit enjoy. in this movie that is like so stupid, and it's very, it's very funny. Uh, we'll a talk specific, about it in the spoiler section. A specific moment, yeah. Um, yeah, like a quote that they keep saying a thing that's going to mm-hmm. happen. To them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, and so I think that my expectation was low, certainly f- for that piece of it, which I think maybe sounds dumb because I was just more interested in the animation style. And that was some of the stuff that we were hearing people were using, were throwing the phrase around, you know, to some degree that it was Spider-Verse-esque in the way that the animation was used intelligently yeah. and with purpose and the way it looked and how it was all uh, a very specific vibe, if you will. And I think if it for sure did that well i think it did what it was supposed to do it did what it set out to do i think you know they were smart no spoilers but they were smart to do what they did with the ending in my opinion because Mm -hmm. i think it all if it feels very well for you know there to be potentially a a sequel which has now officially been announced yes yeah it's been announced along with i think like a a series in in between kind of bridging them there's like there's a component to like let's make this let's make this a universe which i think you know in in today's world just makes sense and then of course my thing is oh no like let's not uh water it down but let's yeah, enjoy but- let's enjoy what we do have a sequel and a two season 2D animated television series for Paramount Plus Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have both been greenlit. Roe is set to return to direct the sequel. Um, and uh, yeah, that's there it. There you go. Yeah. I hope that it stays as good. I, I think for sure it's a fun. It's a movie that's. I don't know if it's for kids but it's very kid friendly i think it's bridging that gap of like it can be for kids and for adults in a way that i yeah i enjoy i feel it feels like a movie that you like a parent brings their kid to and so there's stuff in there that's like for the kid and stuff that's in there for the parent i think yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh and i think so yeah it's a lot of fun i definitely recommend you know seeing in the movies if you can and uh you know, bring pizza. I mean, most theaters won't like that. Some theaters you can order pizza, like while you're sitting, sure. you're sitting on, depending on. So you, one Rob Cicerino uh, went to go see Barbie and was complaining on his uh, Instagram stories that uh, movie theaters don't sell coffee. That's a very common Canadian thing that you you can get coffee at your movie theater. So I was very proud of Canada for see, being very ca- a very that. caffeinated country. You did. I'm saluting you. <laughs> I mean, although let me just say, I'll I'll just correct this. That's an absolutely a Toronto thing. Um, so maybe it's Toronto like, specifically. Yeah, I can't even think of like the little tiny movie theater in the town where my parents are. I don't know if you could get coffee, but I don't know. Yeah. 
I mean, who doesn't love a, a nice cuppa? I mean, a lot I, dr of Starbucks. I, don't drink, I don't drink coffee, so I a lot of Starbucks chains in Cineplex movie theaters. theaters so. I see, and yeah. then you're allowed to like bring it into the theater. No, you have to buy it at the Starbucks uh, is in the theater, but yeah. But can you okay? But can you take the can you take the Starbucks that you bought in the lobby of the? You theater probably could. Yeah, you probably could because, like, by the time you get to like the person who's actually going to check your ticket, mm -hmm. there's no way to know where you bought that Starbucks coffee. So yeah. true. See, yeah. that's yeah. all I want to know. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. This is. I, I mean, it's get it. It made good money. It's. Uh, I think up against. Oh, you want to talk about money? <laughs> decent money. I think you know up against certainly the Barbenheimer of it all, which continues to dominate. It did not beat Meg to the trench, which we are it not came. talking oh, about. Oh, it on this didn't. Podcast. I thought it had. Oh, wow. Well, then. Uh, the, not the weekend, anyway, on the weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, $30 million for Meg 2, $28 million for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, wow. Jason Statham, you know? I guess. He's, he's just fighting the sharks. He's the Barbie passed a billion dollars. We haven't talked about that. Barbie. Barbie is, I mean, billion dollar. Barbie. We already knew she was a billionaire, billionaire Barbie, but yeah. now. Look at her go. She's just spreading her wings and being a real girl. <laughs> I love it. It's great. <laughs> Oppenheimer's made like half that. So, you know. Uh -huh, that's right. Uh -huh. Ken, step back. <laughs> step aside. Uh, yeah. Anything else, Grace, before we get into, into spoilers? I'm, I'm, I'm willing to spill. No, let's do it. Yeah, the PSRT to be exact. Although I do like a nice chamomile. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. Here we go. We meet this random person, Cynthia Utram from the Techno Cosmic Research Institute. She's hunting down Baxter Stockman, a rogue scientist who has created a mutagen, try and create a mutant animal animal family. This is totally normal stuff so far. I'm. I'm with this movie. Uh, his first project is a housefly. The raid on his lab causes the mutant gen to fall into the sewers. We know where this is going. 15 years later, we meet our yeah, into the uh, sewers. <laughs> Michelangelo, Leonardo, Rafael, and Donatello, who have been raised by Splinter, played by Jackie Chan, who I love. That's they were fun. chased away by humanity because humanity doesn't like people who look different. Uh, so Splinter distrusts all humans and trains his son to learn ninjutsu and also... Uh, not trust any humans during a supply run. Now they're older. Uh, the turtles defeat a gang of criminals who stole April O'Neil's moped. That's seems cruel. It used to be purse. It used to be just purse. Now it's a whole yeah. more moped. They reveal themselves and their origins. April wants to write a story on them because she is a like burgeoning high school journalist. Uh, they are hesitant to reveal their identities because of splinter. They agree to help, her investigate the robberies of certain TCRI tech, the Techno Cosmic Research Institute, aforementioned, because she thinks that there might be a correlation for all these things happening around the same time. Uh, they will help her and in and thereby doing so try to earn the public's acceptance through her story that she's writing because that's what they crave they're teenagers they want to be accepted but in this case by the wider world and not seen as freaks they intercept a piece of tech and they meet superfly along with several other mutants who are just like animals that have been mutantized like superfly and the ninja turtles excited to meet more mutants superfly is like yeah cool you can be in our group he explains that they were created by stockman and live in an abandoned ship in Staten Island. This all tracks the, the geography. Uh, they want to use the tech to, I mean, he's a fly. He lives where yeah. garbage is. The landfill, to be clear. They want to use the tech to turn all wildlife into mutants. And 
overtake the humans and kind of like destroy them. It's it's yeah. a pretty severe plan. The yeah. turtles try to stop this from happening, but TCRA captures them due to they're like these TCRA like SWAT agents capture them due to the trackers they. Oh, play are they SWAT fighting. agents because it's a. Because they're it's flies. The flies. Wow, Grace. This is mm. that is on the fly. Okay, those wow. you call on the fly. All wow. right. Yeah. Uh they put trackers on them, so they are captured. The turtles are milked for their meat. That's the running bit that I think is like I so stupid. Realize, it's so funny. It's yeah. We don't even have nipples. <laughs> uh for their mutagen but april and splinter arrived to save them thank god for april she went to go run up to, to splinter the turtles and april and splinter work together agree to turn all uh agree that no, turning yeah. all wildlife into mutants is a bad idea and they destroy superfly's machine the ooze combines superfly with other local wildlife creating a gigantic version of him the super and i saw this coming from so far away kaiju monster just, yeah. laughed no <laughs> i knew it was like he's gonna become something else and be called because first he's superfly so oh, it's yeah. like eventually he's gonna be known as super duper fly like that's the only oh, yeah. logical outcome of right. him having this name and it is exactly what happened uh he creates he becomes the super duper fly the the uh megazord power rangers version of this of his previous self with all these other pieces sticking to him he attacks the city, but with the help of uh, the humans, uh, the turtles. Well, actually, at first, the the humans yeah. think that the turtles are working with Superfly. So, uh, meanwhile, April overcomes her fear of public speaking, kind of, uh, to explain to the humans on camera, live, via the news, that humans... Uh, the destroy humans plan is a super duper fly plan and is not a ninja turtle plan they are trying yeah. to save them so the new yorkers end up helping the ninja turtles i love this they use the four turtles use their abilities uh to drop a canister leo is the leader mikey has his improvisational skills and he's hilarious and wonderful to have around if i say so myself donnie is super intelligent and Raphael has his rage <laughs> which he's always stepped into to they use all their prowesses to drop a canister of retro mutagen into superfly turning him back into a normal animal along with all the other animals that are attached to him the turtles are celebrated by the city like they've always wanted they move into the sewers with all the other mutants they used to work at superfly that now you work with them because they had a change of heart and it was lovely the turtles start attending high school without their masks which i think is super cool yeah. in a mid-credit scene the turtles in april are prom but under the surveillance of uh cynthia Ultram, who works for tcri who plans to recapture the turtles by sending a special project in someone who we know and we see is unidentified but we see him and it's it's shredder you gotta know shredder shredder yeah if you're even half a fan what a time grace what a what a what did you enjoy the milking <laughs> That's my favorite bit, I think. It's like, we don't even have nipples. Uh, I think like it's you're going to move because no the, yeah. the whole time, the reason it's funny is because the whole time, like, Splinter is using it as a way to uh, warn yes. the, the, yes. the his sons, the Ninja yes. Turtles, that, like, metaphorically, society and humans will, like, we'll milk them milk for everything for, they're yeah. worth and for That's their right. special abilities and, like, you know, take them in and possibly do experiments on them. And hilarious that in fact there is like a milking machine and yeah. splinter's like oh my god i was right they're milking you 
It's very funny. Uh, it's very good. I do like it. I really like that they cast like four teens essentially as uh, the mutant turtles, um, like Abby Shimon Brown uh, Jr., Nicholas Cantu, and Brady Noon play the four titular teenage mutant ninja turtles, which I like. I feel like it gives them this teenage quality rather than it being like you know paul rudd's in this movie but we don't need like paul rudd as michelangelo you know or whatever um so i really liked that i like this version of april o'neill as well played by io and beery um was fun the story is like it's a home run right of like for me especially um you know oh they're othered and they want to be accepted by the rest of humanity and okay they just have to like save new york city to be accepted okay fine cool yeah they'll do it um I liked it. I thought Superfly is fun. I actually liked that it. it was not Shredder, uh, who's yeah. the first person. I think it's a smart choice from Rogan and the rest of the writing crew to 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 put Superfly here, like and tie it into like the origins of the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I thought it was it was fun. Yeah, and I think the Shredder thing it, it works on a couple of levels. First, like in bo both in universe and out in and like real world implications. I think f more importantly for the in-universe piece of it to have them you're kind of expecting as a viewer it to possibly come so i think you're kind of wondering is shredder going to show up is that a thing even though you don't see him in the trailer you know he's always going to be lingering in the back as he literally does in the mid credit scene uh lingering kind of off to the side or looming large in some way and i think it was smart to not have him because you may were expecting him and then they're subverting our expectation in a way that I think it was effective. And two, we've seen this like a lot of origin stories of, of many, you know, superhero like figures. We've seen the shredder, the initial shredder interaction in the first movie or first, you know, iteration of this thing many times. So yeah. to kind of sit that back and like, okay, in case there is any, possibility for a sequel we have that already and people are only going to get tired of it like if you bring shredder in the first movie you kind of have to bring him in the second movie super shredder is always going to be a diminishing returns so i think this was smart just selfishly for what i was looking for and to your point a little bit it's kind of shocking that the movie works as well without him because i think that's a fear of like can the movie you know we've seen I guess a comp, but it's not the same. Cause it's not the same, like kind of rogues gallery, but like we've seen Batman, you know, square off against, against the Joker. Like, would it be as interesting to see it again as like an intro to these characters? I think it's smarter to kind of get them, get them a little bit more experienced and then you can have more, more dramatic fun with it. I, Another thing that I really liked was like how young they are. I mean, I think they're always like skewed a little bit teenagery, but certainly in the nineties version, they're basically adults, right? Yeah. They don't feel like teens in the nineties. As much as I love that nineties movie, they do not feel like teens. No. Yeah. They're like contemporaries to Casey and, and, uh, and April. And um, no, I was looking for the, you know, seeing the, the mouth inside the Donatello puppet <laughs> that has become famous around the Pusher recaps discord. Yeah. But uh, no, we couldn't see Corey Feldman's mouth underneath, no. <laughs> underneath the, the puppet mask in the animation. Um, yeah, because by the end of the movie, they're going. It's actually really sweet. I can't remember a time where we saw them. Uh, I think in the in that movie, in the nice movie, like when they get hurt, when Raph is the thing, like they take off the mask. But for the most part, they're always wearing their masks. And mm -hmm. to see them just kind of be like 
kids. It felt really sweet and earned, frankly. I like that all they want to do is go to high school. I like the the idea of like they don't even really know what high school is like. I really liked yeah, as well. Pop culture references. Yeah, they've grown up in the sewer. I thought that was fun. It's funny to me that they all have phones, actually, as I was watching the movie. Um, who, do, no, who, I, do think, who do you think pays the bill? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Their <laughs> sewers. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know. Um, I do. I again, I, I I do like the aging them, like them feeling really. And that's what I was saying about the voice actors. I think casting, basically, I think kids who are this age, I think, really mm-hmm. does match the tone of of the movie. Uh, really well i love a coming of age story so this you know obviously works for me i do think the one one thing i'll say about the animation style is i do think it worked for this movie but i'm so worried about how many movies we're going to get over the next few years that are just this particular animation style because it was so successful with with spireverse that and then it was successful again and then potentially successful again here mitchell's was the machine was very well received as well which is very similar animation style that like I don't know. Figure out what your own thing is. Like figure out what your animation style needs to be for well, your movie. I'm just so worried about like the onslaught we are going to get of movies yeah. that are done in this. So this is, uh, there's a little bit of like a uh, push and boots in here as well, which we didn't cover, but it was an excellent animated movie from the end. It was of very good. I saw it way yeah. after uh, just because of again, one of those instances again, where the word of mouth was so positive, Yeah. but uh, yeah, I mean, for sure. Puss and boots is, a little different but um yeah i, I you, what i what i appreciate about the animation style is that to me it looks very similar and but in the way that it's it looks very similar because of how they're in some ways painting literally outside the lines and right. it's, it feels messy in a way that's very intentional and fun i think the i mean they're both I comics love, right they're both based on yeah, comics so right. I, can, I can get that like yeah, for a comic book style thing, we're gonna do this like comic booky style thing. Yeah, it, like uh, literally, look. I, th- I think Spider Verse certainly more so looks like a comic 100%. book, and in some cases, they literally have like comic book style text on the upper corners and everything like that. I think this one felt different enough to me, although I do think your overall point is very fair and something the studios do all the time of like, oh my god, this one very specific thing is working. Now we have to multiply it times sixty and kind of just run it into the ground and destroy what makes it special the what i appreciated was that in its messiness it felt different because what what both movies do have in common is again that like painting outside the lines kind of there are no animation rules certainly in the second spider-verse movie they were having even more of a time breaking the universe in a really positive way of like let's bring all these different animation styles specifically together there was a little bit of in the first movie but certainly more so in the second movie and in this movie and each thing kind of has their own, each animation style, even within that movie, has its own uh, voice and kind of way that it's drawn that's distinct. Here, I thought it was, the way that it was messy felt a little bit distinct. Like some of the phone stuff felt very similar and like the way the light is kind of cast around the phone. But I think uh, some of the dark, Spider-Verse was like a lot more colorful i would say and this one felt more um psychedelic yes in parts but oh, speaking of there was a, a deleted scene that i that i read about that that psychedelic comment is reminding me of no. but uh 
I appreciated that it wanted that it was trying in my estimation it was trying and successfully being messy with the animation in a in a different way that didn't feel quite as the same. I actually I didn't think the choice for me to have some things in the world be not animated so particularly um uh, when they're like on their um Aaron's run they they see that like there's an outdoor movie and they're playing Ferris Bueller's Day Off and it is the actual movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off Ferris, playing yeah. in the thing and the Chris Evans cardboard cutouts are like actually Chris Evans I didn't I don't like that choice it, it just um I, I I get it that like it, it's harder to like be like oh they're watching a movie and either to like animate Ferris Bueller's Day Off in this style or they have to like make up a movie that we don't know and so the touch the reference is much harder I get that but I, it does take me out of the when I'm like but what is but then we're seeing other humans that are not animated that not animated and do they look animated to each other yeah right. I think I think the cardboard cutout part I get the the movie thing I think is cool just because I love the idea of them seeing the same movie that we have seen and it looks the same. Although now that now ever since you've made that comment, I can't help but try to visualize what the animated Ferris Bueller would look like. Unless that like, is animated in this world. In their world. Ferris yeah, Bueller I mean I would animated. argue I would argue yeah. probably not because they're presenting it as such. But um uh -huh. the the movie as like an art thing, as a separate art piece, I think I can understand. The cardboard cutout, I think, is they're probably versions of where they did use like the animated Chris Evans. They're like, does it even look like him? Yeah. Uh, but that is what it is. It's tough because they have... want the visual reference joke. They don't want you like kind of being like, wait, what is that? Like, they don't want us on a podcast later being like, what were they trying to say? That's supposed to be Chris Evans. It doesn't look anything like Chris Evans, you know? Yeah. Or whatever. So yeah. I appreciated that they gave, I felt like Leonardo in so many other versions is not that he's an infallible leader, but he's like, already kind of fully formed as a leader or as what he thinks a leader should be. And in this one, in very true teenager form, he's kind of struggling with what that means. And there's an element to like, when you are the leader, you're kind of treated as the teacher or sometimes worse, like the hall monitor where you're kind of like te either telling on people or people don't want you to know things because they're afraid that you're going to tell or whatever. I think watching him go through the motions of what that would mean and specifically most importantly what it means to be a leader to this specific group because obviously you know it's not one-to-one -one. it's it's and made more complicated by the fact that they're brothers so there's a whole other familial drama history aspect to this but i i appreciated how much time they spent on kind of knocking leonardo around a bit certainly in mm -hmm. his confidence of himself and earning and by the end of it like we said they kind of use he's he's one of the ways by which each piece of their different personalities the four of them is showcased because he realizes that each of them has a different strength and uh he's able to most importantly he's able to verbalize it to them in a way that it feels very supportive and very positive leader-esque it was yeah. i don't know to me it felt it felt a little different than the normal leonardo story we get that's fair i think for me i think the, the thing that like knocks us down a little bit so i rated it three out of five on um letterbox what i have it at um i think when i think about like across the spider-verse i think definitely comes to mind and and this is not just me there's a whole article in the new york times where jeff Rowe was talking about how into the spider-verse made teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem possible and how much he attributes the success of that movie to being allowed to do what he wanted to do with this movie with the writing from seth rogan and and company i feel like 
in the in the era where we are so bombarded by superhero movies and we are pretty sick of them and television shows and all of all of that stuff even i can feel like i want to be excited for blue beetle i'm very excited that it's like um you know uh, a latino um superhero that's gonna grace our screens and at the same time i'm like okay all right another superhero movie like let's let's and especially an origin story okay let's do it i feel like what across the spider-verse uh or into the spider-verse did was so fun and innovative and this take on what a superhero movie can be in a way that i don't think teenage mutant ninja Turtles, as fun as it is i think it's very fun i think it's pretty funny i think it's fun to look at the soundtrack is awesome i think it's so good i think some of the songs that they pick to go along with some fight scenes and whatever are awesome but it never took the extra step to like elevate it in terms of in my mind i kept saying why are we making a teenage mutant ninja turtles movie a new one in 2023 and i can understand that every the answer to that for like almost everything like post barbie mattel is like yeah we could probably make money off of this ip that we have like how many did uh, have we we talked about how many mattel ip is in the works for movies and television shows like uno and hot wheels and all of this stuff like i totally get that that is like there's always that element to it but then when you put it into like a creator's hand like what is the thing for me i can I kind of feel like it is a little bit like Seth Rogen being like how fun I get to play with these, these toys. And this is the story I can tell within this, um, within this world, but I never feel like it like elevates to a level. And and maybe this is too pretentious of me to say about like, which is essentially a kid's movie or whatever, but I, it just like, it doesn't like jump in a way that I think like um, this is not base of IP, but, or it's a, I think it's a comic book, but did you watch Nimona on Netflix? Also no, has a very. I wanted to. I had the. I was trying to see it in theater before it left right. the theater for like that, that one two week window. That's one that I feel like is like saying something about today and now, and like feels awesome. And I wish that had actually had a wider release than just like being dropped on Netflix and maybe playing at, um, you know, a couple hundred theaters or whatever. Um, that one to me, I'm like, oh yeah, that's. I see. Like they took this like this animation style, whatever they took this story and totally elevated it in a way. I just don't think that this movie ever really does again. I feel like that sounds so negative. It's not, it's fun. I just don't think I'm ever like, can't wait to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mutant mayhem again, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I think, I think that's fair. Um, for me, it felt very, the, the love between them, certainly, you know, I think they, they struck the core, they struck the note very, very effectively. I think the, the, the New Yorker stuff, I mean, that's, that's low hanging fruit for me of just like people being like, oh, actually they're really good, even though they look weird and we should help them out. The, the idea that they almost couldn't do it without the. This is Jeff Rowe saying, the director of this movie being like this, not that, not that they couldn't do this stuff before, but like a film that had success then allowed them to do a movie that uses this animation style is basically what he's saying. Yeah. Which I think is fair, right? Because there's somebody, uh, unfortunate in some cases, because it's like, well, let's just keep taking chances and do weird stuff. But it's always about like, you know, having to be a capital S success and you know what that means based on how much money was spent and all that crazy calculations, whatever uh, the studio is deciding is quote unquote successful. I think the, the other stuff that worked for me was the people like Superfly's 
cronies for lack of a better word his the people that work for him that he has doing a lot of his dirty work ultimately deciding like there is the moment where they're kind of like yeah there are a couple of moments where they're like yeah i don't agree with where your plan is going it seems like you're kind of going off the rails because you're making it personal yeah. and then they ultimately decide to do the right thing mm -hmm. is like sound you know stated so plainly it sounds so incredibly cliche and we've seen so many versions of that across many genres not just the superhero genre but I think in a way that feels really earned to those specific characters. And there are so many silly little character traits yeah. and quirks yeah. that these people I, like either communicate in singing yeah. or whatever yeah. that um, that just makes it feel makes it feel a little different. I think the the people the way it all comes together, ultimately like a story that feels very inclusive and they all feel like the four Ninja Turtles feel like teenagers and even speak in some of this very TikTok-y language to make myself sound ancient uh, that I think that I think all it feels organic. Most importantly, they couldn't even made one of the Ninja Turtles trans. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I do think that the um, using again, I think very smartly casting teens as the Ninja Turtles and yeah, then having actually. all the other mutants show up and be like, oh, that's Seth Rogen. That's John Cena. Oh, there's uh, Natasha Dimitrio basically playing Nadja from what we do in the shadows as a mutant bat. I thought it was very funny. Um, John Carlos Esposito is is the scientist, right? Ice Cube is is Superfly. I thought my Rudolph is the uh tcri agent i thought using kind of the background cast and having the turtles be a little bit more like less known so you're not hung up on like oh that's that person but you can right. do that with the characters who kind of matter less so that was like a really smart yeah it's like again version. i had a lot of fun i had a lot of fun at this movie i just uh i i maybe i think the hype got to me certainly that i was like i heard it was amazing and then i was like uh oh <laughs> It's not, it does it. suck. I, I, I mean, again, not to like the. Plan to be, I mean, I, we've had like, that. We've been, uh -oh. we've been on this pod, and sometimes it's the opposite, right? Where yeah, I'm like, 100%. I want, you know, it's just unfortunately that's, that's how it goes sometimes. Uh, and I feel like I'm being a downer, even though I gave it like three out of five stars, which like that is no, because I think it, it's it, speaking you know? to the fact that you wanted to like it. You wanted it to be a. You wanted it to feel like a home run for you personally, in a way that, uh, it seemed to be feeling for for other people and it's something you obviously care yeah. about you know we we've been i wanted to be so emotionally devastated at the end like not devastated like but like just like so like yes yes and i just was like yeah oh, okay yeah that okay cool cool um right, yeah yeah i think the it's funny i was looking at the imdb pages right now and i was yeah. For a second, I didn't realize I was looking at the Michael Bay one. So I'm like, Megan <laughs> Fox, Alan Richson, Johnny Knoxville. This is strange. These aren't the people that were in. Those movies, movies are weird. That's I kind of I kind of feel like I have to watch them now. And maybe hey, the first one, like as, I, as like a very uh, curious hate watch. Everything's getting delayed, so we're gonna have to fill. Yeah, some right. Don't worry. TMNT rewatch. We're gonna pick a movie that's a. A reverse sequel, or like a reverse reboot of movies that we have since covered that are new. Um, yeah, the animation style I think is really cool. We already talked about April. April O'Neil I think is a hilarious character. Uh, yeah, played by uh, uh, Debiri, and who's like in showing up everywhere right now. Showed up in theater camp, and I just died laughing watching. She's very funny. Theater camp, another another wonderful funny movie. Um, 
that I think, you know, has some of the same, like, people are good and you should do good for people because they deserve it and you should be proud of your, you know, there, there, there's a little bit of a, I, I can make the, the connection there between these two movies. She's going to break out soon, I think, all the stuff that she's in. Uh, she was also in Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, I think. So, yeah. Well, there you go. If, if the, yeah. if the bear, I'm like, the bird? If the bear doesn't do it, one of these things will, for sure. Um. Yeah. Yeah, what a what a wonderful time! I had such a I had such a wonderful time. At this point, we don't know. Like, it seems like the series is going to come between the movies. I think. So. Well, I think it's. I mean, certainly now with the strike, everything's up. You know? I th yeah, that's true. I think the show probably will come before the next, uh, the first season of that show, probably, and then probably the movie, and then the second season. Um, yeah. I don't know. I guess it depends on how long they were into this. I know that they were pretty far along into uh, beyond, uh, yeah, beyond the Spider Verse, which is now delayed. But that's because they were like knew they were doing both back to back and i don't i think because of this movie not being officially green light to get a sequel until after probably means that it actually could be even without a strike uh, a, a long ways uh away before we would have seen anything so wow yeah what a time uh yeah. teenage mutant ninja do you think the next movie will also have a colon yeah it'll be something oh, like mutant may or mutant junedom mutant like augustum I think they could put Shredder in the title. That would probably make sense. Um, Shredding sewers. Shred What's alliteration? Cheese for the pizzas. <laughs> That's something. Oostacular. Ooze, yeah, I love that part of the movie where they're like sludge or something or be, whatever they call no, it. No, ooze. We prefer ooze, which is such a hilarious like in-joke because that's what it's been called for so long in universe. Yeah. Uh this was a this was a super fun time. I think even Very you fun. would agree. Yes. I, again, I had fun. I you just... you had fun. I heard you when you said you had fun. So I am amplifying your I had fun message over the nits that you picked which were very very nice mission it's tough because it's one of those movies that i'm like maybe i should give it a second chance but then i also think what if i don't what if i don't like it then i just watch it again another michael bay movie that they snuck into the theaters what a time i can't wait to go see this movie. yeah what if i saw I the wrong streaming one? somewhere i doubt it is the, because of everything going on these let's days see. with streaming but let's see i am curious to watch this movie uh grace we've got a, a little bit of a light summer yeah. coming up we oh, may yeah you know take take a beat uh but we'll definitely be back for blue beetle either you didn't way. think this thing was uh streaming anywhere let me tell you i'm i'm filtered to america sometimes canadian uh yeah. on just watch let me tell you prime video fubo mgm plus right. paramount okay. plus michael bay he will not be silent <laughs> paramount plus on apple tv paramount plus on prime video mgm oh, yeah, plus yeah. on the roku channel you got choices. You got choices. Yeah. You can also buy it for $14.99 on Redbox. No, no, stop. You've said enough. You've said enough. Uh, Grace, <laughs> that's that's where I draw the line. And now I'm offended. Uh, Grace, this was so much fun. Yes. What else do you have going on? I don't think you're doing any other podcasts. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, we're in our post-episodic coverage of Dark, wrapping up uh, the series with a feedback yeah. show and some more. Oh. I know. Uh, Foundation each week with Austin and Rich. Good Omens each week with Rich and Taylor. Heartstopper with Matt Scott. Heels with Stan C. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows with Lindsay Wilson. Winning Time with Jason Reed. The After Party with you and Jess. I think that's it. Uh, you can find me on the socials at high from grace or at go for grace. Incredible. I think you did most of my plugs. Uh, Chappelle and I will for sure be back with 
another ridiculous Grey's Anatomy deep dive at some point this month after last month's episode. I am on X (laughs) at that other aerial and we're always at the movies even if the movies aren't really coming out in August. Uh, Until next time, I'm Ariel. That's crazy. We are Poetry Recaps Theater. Bye-bye.